There's not enough time between Thanksgiving and New Year's, especially when we lose the extra week. There's just not. No. Not enough. Not, not. I had uh, two birthday parties and a wedding this weekend, which I'm thinking about writing a movie starring Hugh Grant. Oh, I should join you. I had a wake, a wedding, and a birthday party. Oh, that oh. might even be a better movie. <laughs> and the wake and the wedding were within an hour and a half of each other. Oh, yeah, yeah. With uh, the uh, Abigail Grace's fourth birthday party was immediately followed by a wedding, immediately followed by a four-hour wait for the reception. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah, don't you? What do you do? It happens in that a four lot. Hours? Yeah. yeah, it happens a lot. Yeah. And, and you don't head to the bars, so. Uh, no, we met another uh, group and uh, had a uh, lunch that lasted an hour and a half and then killed another hour and then went to the reception. <laughs> Lovely people, though. Congratulations to uh, Rachel and Stephen. Uh, we've known Rachel since she was a child. And she's grown up to be a lovely young woman who is very uh, successful, and, uh, and and she frightens people. She's very type AA, and uh, as long as everybody behaves, we'll be fine. So, Sounds like a very, good time. Very nice wedding. Very nice wedding. Very nice ceremony. So congratulations to them. Did you perform the services? I did not. It was actually done in a Catholic church by what they call a priest. Who? What? Yeah. Uh-huh. In a With mass. a full mass? Yeah, full mass, full wedding Goodness mass. Goodness me. Yeah. No. It's were very people, rare these days. Were people disappointed then? In me? They're always disappointed in me. <laughs> I actually performed a, a little something they didn't expect. I actually did subtitles in Latin uh, behind the priest, because they don't do Latin anymore. Yes, they do. They're what? bringing Latin back. And our church, yes, the Holy, Holy, Holy is now in Latin, along with the Lamb of God and a few other things. And everybody, everybody's going, what? The incense is back at our church. The bells are back. So do you have to get um, like a, a Latin language uh, helper? I don't know, but the people that went to Catholic school, and I went to Catholic school my whole life, and I don't know this Latin at all, so I must have missed the cut. It's mostly people in their 60s and over that know it. So, so they're loving it. Yeah, they're singing, they're belting it out, and I'm going, huh? Uh. Sanctus, Sanctus, you know, I, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I got on. your Sanctus right here. <laughs> yeah. So, Abigail Grace's fourth birthday birthday party, uh, spectacular. She insisted on a red party this year. We all dressed in red. And nice. um, It was it, Christmas, so that was festive. Right. And what so. did you wear? Um, a red uh, shirt, a okay. pullover, red pullover. And wait, when is her birthday? Her uh, birthday is actually tomorrow. Okay. She turns four tomorrow. Because my one-year-old had her birthday party yesterday at my house. Was it her birthday? Yeah, not the eighth. Yeah, no, you have I'm to. I'm sorry, wait. Yeah. You have to make adjustments. Uh, I'm not the first to say this, but if you need to lie to your children and tell them their birthday is moved, what are they going to do? They're having a party anyway. Abigail woke up Saturday morning and supposedly said, not supposedly, it's not like her father made this up, said, when I blow out the candles, does that mean I'm four? Because today's not really my birthday. Well, of course. She knows now. Yeah, Yeah, it's fine. It's completely fine. And, uh, you know, we uh, we got her some stocks and bonds, you know, just to be financially secure. She heads into kindergarten. 
So, yeah, you can't be too careful. Listen, that's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sure she thought it was fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What's this, Pops? She'll appreciate it later. And then Friday night, um, uh, a friend from the, the hood who since moved out of the hood had a surprise birthday party. So In the hood? Uh, no, it was downtown. Oh. So I was in the city Friday night, all day Saturday into Sunday morning. You were a busy guy, and you yeah. went to everything you were invited to. Yeah. Very proud of you. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was good, because I like everybody involved. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, if I get invited to stuff and I go and I don't like people, yeah, it's a problem. Mm-hmm. But that rarely, if ever, happens. So. Um, and uh, your wake, wedding, and whatever? First birthday party. That all went well? Uh, well, was there trouble as good the as a wake can go. Um, I did not actually go to the wedding. I went to the reception afterwards. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. The wake is a celebration of life, though. Uh, the wake, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, Especially yeah, yeah. since she was in her 90s, and it was well, a, a, a friend of mine's mom. So it's a good it wasn't bad. But she insisted on a quick wake, an hour-long wake. So you had to get there quickly. Well, I like that, a time clock on a wake. Yeah, exactly. And coming up, details on Dave's dad, who turned 96 this weekend, and he not only hasn't lost a step, he's probably faster than ever. Awful story out of Gary, Indiana last night. Courtney Guzman covering for Channel 9, where a hail of gunfire on a house kills a four-year-old boy. Uh, Good morning, Courtney. Hey, good morning, T.C. Yeah, this is a breaking story from overnight. It happened about 1 o'clock this morning. We know a 4-year-old boy is now dead inside his very own home with his 27-year-old mother who was also injured. So what we know so far, Gary police are telling us that it appears someone fired bullets from outside into their apartment unit here in Gary. We're talking about the Oak Knoll Renaissance apartment unit that's in the 4300 block of West 23rd Avenue here. Um, and it appears that the area, the immediate area on the other side of the those bullets, that gunfire, may have been a kitchen or a dining area and uh, from what we could see inside the apartment unit. But obviously it was 1 o'clock in the morning. We don't have any details about what this 4-year-old and his mother were doing at that hour, but we do know that he ended up passing. His 27-year-old mother was shot in the arm. She was also, she also had multiple graze wounds to the face. She was taken to Methodist Hospital um, in Gary for her treatment. We're told she has since been stabilized, and right now we know no one's in custody for this shooting so quite a tragedy here in northwest indiana and was there a third person in the house that we know or was that just rumor we do not know yet we're waiting to get some more details from gary police but obviously they're keeping some things close to the vest as this investigation unfolds at this hour so we were trying to find out who was the intended target was there anyone else in the home but we do know that there appear to have been some relatives that arrived here uh, sometime after this shooting just to check and see what was going on, and they appear to be pretty devastated. Um, a lot of people here in this complex that we have talked to in the wee hours of the morning pretty upset about this, although I will say that um, some residents tell me that gunfire in this particular complex is not uncommon. Well, it's an awful story. I mean, it's just awful head to toe. Now, the Gary police indicating at all if they have an idea? They have not shared that information with us, but what's interesting is, I don't, you know, as you're probably aware, we had snow overnight, yep. and so whoever did this, um, it's likely you're going to have some footprints or some car tracks or something, because they did approach the home, um, and they approached the back of the home, and there's plenty of snow left. It hadn't been shoveled or anything like that, so hopefully that'll lead investigators in some sort of direction, but we don't know if this was any kind of, uh, you know, gang-related or domestic incident. We just have no idea. 
area yet. We're waiting uh, for police to arrive. Actually, their PIO uh, in route here in, in moments to kind of fill us in with more of what they may know in this investigation. All right, Courtney, I know you're on it for Channel 9. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. All right, and uh, God bless that little boy, four years old. Gosh, uh, that's just outrageous. Uh, Dave, happy birthday to your dad. Thank you. I know he would appreciate that. Turn 96 when? Uh, this coming Wednesday. But we got the family together because it was just the time everybody could do it. Well, and a also, days early. you don't want to put off a birthday party for that age. No, but, but what's interesting, one of his best friends, lifelong friend, has the birthday the next day, was at the party, and he turns 99 on Thursday. How's he look? And he looks fantastic. I mean, both of them, they're, they're pretty amazing guys. I think we need to move to Florida. Dave was mentioning, <laughs> it's like cocoon yeah, or Dave was yeah, mentioning exactly. it's a cocoon thing off the air. What do we know? Do we know? Is there a pond nearby with pods in it? What do we know? <laughs> I don't know. I don't, but he hasn't, he hasn't lived there full time, so it's not like... Uh, yeah, it's, and did he meet the 99-year-old there? No, no. They go back to, like, they, they were kids. The 1800s? Yes, pretty much. Well, I saw that story. There was a story which I think it was an older story, but recirculated like the last couple of weeks uh-huh. on social media about John Tyler's two living grandsons. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And and these guys are both older than the two living grandsons of the 10th president of the United States. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. How about <laughs> so, that? Yeah. Something to ponder. Um, normally, a birthday party like that, the activities are like bobbing for insure. <laughs> You know, you know that type of thing. You know, pin the oxygen on the elderly. You've met my dad. You know that's not how he. That's is. what I was just going to say. Yeah. None of that at this. Not side. sedentary right? at all. No, no. Jello buffet. <laughs> no. I thought you no. say bobbing for prunes. Um, no, I think insure is probably a little more popular <laughs> yeah. now. But anyway, that's a, that's an impressive deal. Yeah, it. You know what? It was great, and um, a woman who had worked for my dad. Uh, it surprised him, showed up and surprised him. Oh, that's he, nice. It was really a nice moment. So, yeah, it was cool. And, uh, you know, it's uh, always good. Well, you know, we'll keep uh, keep planning for 97. I, I asked him a couple of weeks ago. We had lunch. Um, and, and I said, uh, so what do you want for your birthday? He said, another birthday. Yeah, there you go. That's, that's it, right? Good that's what him. we all want. You should start planning his 100th now. Oh, I'm I'm definitely thinking about it. Yeah. 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 Big old blowout. <laughs> you better believe it. But not a surprise. No, surprises aren't so good. It's not so wise. No. Yeah. So good for him. And uh, that's, a, that's a nice story. Steve, what did you do this weekend? What did I do this weekend? Well, let's see. I had a lot of stuff going on. I was uh, doing a little bit of health stuff. I've started doing more exercising. So that was a big deal. I went and shopped for a Fitbit. Nice. So, you know, I'm getting serious with that. Look at you. Yeah. Good for you, man. Did a little Christmas shopping. Right. Uh, Yeah, it was a pretty good weekend. It went by really fast, didn't it? Yeah, it's gone. Yeah. Here, gone. Yeah. Um, We do have one development on staff. Super Joe is already aware of this because he's a victim of it in the producer's booth. And that is that uh, uh, producer Vivian is now Lady Vivian. So, Dave, when you were out... Uh, Vivian actually purchased. I was here. I was the here title. You were there when we yes. talked about this. Yes. The title has arrived. Oh, really? Yes, the certificate has arrived. Uh, Super Joe, has she become impossible to deal with already? Uh, more impossible? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Is this what those funny guys in those funny clothes were doing, blowing those horns this morning? Yeah, behind her. Yeah. 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 Lady Vivian. Yes. Doesn't it sound great? Um, it's 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 a lot. 
is what it is. Uh, Wonderful. And uh, what uh, what sort of, uh, I don't know, proclamations might you make today? I don't know. I'm still working on a list right now. Okay. Do you have time to work on a show, or are you too busy with your responsibilities as a lady? You know, I'm really good with balancing, so okay. um, I'll be okay. You know what's great? If you need a restaurant reservation anywhere in town, ask, ask Lady Vivian. Lady Vivian calls, and instantly you got a table. Right. Just like that. A little touch of royalty. Mm-hmm. And again, you bought this uh, certificate and this title from what? Um, from LordshipTitles.com. LordshipTitles.com. Which, by the way, is where Queen Elizabeth got her queen thing. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, of course I did. This explains the memo about there being no more coffee. It's only tea going forward. That's right. Right. Yeah. Right, mm. right. This is one of the things she's done here. Oh, speaking of uh, decisions made here, we got several questions about It's a Wonderful Life. My understanding, Super Joe, is we're not doing that this year, right? Management I, decision? Yeah, th- they haven't told me about uh, doing it or not doing it. Yeah, so apparently it's not happening. Uh, the new Nextar company has decided that It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, will not happen this year. Please direct your comments to them. It's uh, 528. We'll come back with the news in a moment. Uh, before we get to that, I want to set up the rest of the show. Orion Samuelson will be with us in a few minutes. After 6, we'll do the top 6 at 6, and Dr. Kevin Most will be here. We'll actually get a, a, a Christmas Eve Eve shot with Dr. Most next week as well. One of the best choirs we have, the Victor J. Andrew High School Choir, will be in to sing this morning. It's Super Joe's book, Nothing But the Best. And then Hamp is on after 7 to put a capper on. I can't think of a more disappointing bear season based singularly on the expectations at the start. That's fair. And uh, the way the season played out. Yep. So, remember, this was a, was it 11-5 or 12-4 last year? A 12-4. A 12-4 team that was predicted by many to be not only a Super Bowl contender, but a likely champion by many. And these are people that know. Um, and really, from night one, it just didn't go as planned. So, uh, the big questions remain. Is Mitchell Trubisky the right guy to move forward on this? There's some controversy this morning. Did he throw his coach under the bus after the game with some comments? I think throw him under the bus might be a little strong. He was yeah. suggesting maybe mixing up the plays a little they bit more. could helped him out, or they could have helped the offensive line a little bit. Right. Yeah. Dean Richards after 8 this morning. And also, we continue with radio Christmas cards. Uh, I, you know, Dave, I don't have time to send Christmas cards out. You know how busy I am. Oh, absolutely. So I'm calling um, uh, some good friends on the air to wish them a happy Christmas oh, and a Merry nice. Christmas. Yeah. This morning, Jim Cornelison. Oh, great. Yeah. Great voice of the Chicago Blackhawks in uh, the anthem, man. So are you going to be calling us, too? Is that the card we should mm. expect this year? No, but we do need, Mary, to decide on when we're going to hand out our uh, our Christmas uh, gifts to the staff. $10 limit. you got to buy the stuff from the dollar store. I already did that when shopping. Okay, so what day do we do this? Well, you know what? Uh, well, you, you decide. Talk, you talk to Lady Vivian and Super Joe about yeah. this. Yeah, I think most of us are all here this week. Right. Which is a surprise. Dave, are you here all week? I'm here all week. I'm here right through the year. Okay. Okay. All right. So, Mary, uh, Lady Vivian, and Super Joe, we'll we'll get back to you on that. Okay. All right. As part of the morning festivities in this first hour of the show, we like to ask Orion Samuelson, the legend, what's up in agribusiness? 
Good morning. We're hoping to start this trading week at the Board of Trade and the Mercantile Exchange the way we ended it on Friday. Both screens were green. And looking at those numbers again, in case you forgot, the March wheat contract up two and three quarter cents a bushel, March corn up three and a quarter cents, and January soybeans up eight and a half cents a bushel in the Friday trade. Livestock, well, the lean hog contract for April up a dollar four. 45 cents a hundredweight. December live cattle contract up $2.07 and the January feeder cattle contract up $3.95 a hundredweight. Pretty good trading day on Friday, so let's hope we can keep it going today. U.S. Trade Representative Robert Lighthizer said over the weekend the Phase 1 U.S.-China trade deal will nearly double U.S. exports to China over the next two years and and it is totally done. Appearing on the CBS Face the Nation program, he said there would be some routine scrubs to the text, but he said this is totally done, absolutely. The deal announced on Friday after more than two and a half years of on and off negotiations between Washington and Beijing will reduce some U.S. tariffs on Chinese goods in exchange for increased Chinese purchases of U.S. agriculture manufactured and energy products by some $200 billion over the next two years, according to Trade Representative Lighthizer. And another reminder from the U.S. Department of Agriculture, they're now accepting sign-up for the Conservation Reserve Program. We'll talk more about that this week. That's Ag Biz. Have a great day. I'm Orion. Thank you, Big O. Uh, at 542, uh, a number of last-minute gifts being suggested by people. Would you like a, a little help? Anybody need a last-minute? I do. I need tons of help. How about a uh, farmhouse wreath? Cozy or festive touch? A wreath. Buy a wreath for somebody. That's nice. That's a nice idea, right? Yeah. Um, a stag, S-T-A-W-G, pour-over kettle so you can give your delightfully snobby friend a gift they can't help but applaud. It's like a old-school-looking kettle. You know, where they can kettle up their tea or whatever. Like a tea kettle? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, that's cute. I like tea kettles. They're <clears> cute. A pack of rainbow fire packets. Take your camping trip and turn it into a colorful blaze. Think of a Duraflame log, but in little mm-hmm. fire packets. Great for the arsonist that you just don't know what to get for. Yeah, my son got a Nerf gun for his birthday. He's 29 nice. years old. Nice. His brother buys him a Nerf gun. They were shooting me in the house yesterday. Fantastic. <laughs> They just thought it was hilarious. It is hilarious. They're right. <laughs> and the little babies were running around picking up the little oh, cartridge things. It was it was great family fun. Nothing like family for the mm-hmm. holidays. Let's shoot the mom. <laughs> if you have a uh, little kid that loves uh, like a cheese quesadilla, how about a tortilla blanket? It's a blanket that looks exactly like a tortilla. Oh, and you wrap it up. Yeah, it's good as long as your kid doesn't eat it. Um, an origami lunch bag. A lunch bag that folds flat into a placemat um, so you can have it and then use it if you're really that type A. A Celestial Timex, a cheap watch that astrology lovers will love because it forms various space uh, constellations and things. Might be the perfect gift for Steve. Oh, yeah. Do they have them at the dollar store? Yeah. Mm, How about that? Uh, Let me see if I can get you one more here. An LED arch lamp. You think of an arch, that'd be a cool thing for your desk, right? And it's yeah. a lamp that lights up. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a cool idea. 
How about an air bazooka to bring it full circle? Um, you uh, you can shoot your friends with a blast of air from your air bazooka. I like it. All right, one more from the list of last-minute gifts. This may be the winner. A grilled cheeses sandwich press. It's a sandwich press to make grilled cheese that has a heavenly... Um, it's not a rainbow, but it's like a burst of holiness that comes up as a as an emblem on the bread, like, like a, a print, like an aura, like a, press. a print of an aura. A print, yeah, pre- yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. The grilled cheeses sandwich press. I gotta have that. Okay, yeah, that's my go to meal whenever the kids don't know what to eat in the house. I'm like, just make a grilled cheese, right? <laughs> and this way, it'll be a holy moly grilled cheese. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, you put a little bit of uh, you spray the plates a little bit of canola oil. And it helps you get a really good impression on your bread so that you really have a heavenly sandwich. It's eating a little bit of heaven. Huh? See? Right there. That's good. That's good. A slogan. Yeah. Oh, put some tomato on it. Oh, grilled cheeses. The best. Uh, Steve, what's the market outlook? The uh, market outlook today calls uh, for uh, at least a positive open, we think, on Wall Street a little bit later on this morning. We've been watching futures very carefully since this Phase 1 trade agreement uh, took place. The outlook, by the way, sponsored by Associated Bank, the National Association of Home Builders. Housing Index for December is due out today. It appears to be trending down slightly. Housing industry analysts forecast another decline in that index, which uh, ticked down in November. Uh, We'll see those numbers at about 9 o'clock this morning. The U.S. Empire State Manufacturing Survey is out. We'll get some German manufacturing data as well. That's already impacting some of the markets in especially uh, London and in Germany this morning. So that's a look at business. Talked to Kate Brandt from Google the other day. I like talking to people from Google. That's going to be a cool job. Kate, what do you do? I am the Google Sustainability Officer. All right. and, And explain what that means. You've been doing this for a long time. You did it in government. You did it for America, Kate, Um, and you're trying to teach us good things to do, but what does it mean specifically? So I have the great honor of leading our sustainability program at Google, and so our mission is to build sustainability into everything that we do and enable everyone to build a more sustainable world. So I look after sustainability across our operations, our products, and our supply chains. And that means um, that we are going to do good things for the planet in all ways? That means good things for the planet, and I think particularly today, you know, thinking about the holidays and how we can all be more sustainable at home and and in our gift-giving. Give me an example. During the holidays, of course, we are all joining together with family and friends and hosting gatherings and giving gifts, Uh, but also, according to the EPA, in these four weeks that lead up to Christmas, household waste increases by 25%, so it's also a really important time for us to think about sustainability. So at Google, we're trying to make that a little bit easier for folks this holiday season. Uh, So one new feature that we've just launched through our Google Assistant is more information about recycling. So, you know, we've all had this experience. You've got boxes in the mail with your holiday gifts or you've hosted a party and you have a bunch of glass bottles in your kitchen and you're like, does this go in the blue bin or not? We've all had that moment. So now you can ask your Google Assistant, okay, Google, is this box recyclable? Is this glass bottle recyclable? And we will give you localized information so you can make the right choice. Well, thank you, Google. Um, And uh, what's the biggest source of waste for the holidays? Is it the boxes and the wrapping paper? Yeah, the biggest source of waste around the holidays is definitely going to be boxes, packaging, and then also a lot of Christmas trees, too. 
Oh, I hadn't even thought about that. Sure, that makes total sense. And you can recycle those. That's right. So this is a great question to ask your Google Assistant, but in most places, um, you know, Christmas trees are recyclable, and there'll be some good information about locally when to put them out on your curb or where to take them. But, yeah, it's really important to recycle those those fresh Christmas trees. What about decorations? You know, we all like to have a pretty lights outside, have your house stand out. What do you, what, what's your thought on that? With the Christmas lights, important to get the LED lights. Those are going to last you a lot longer. And then just put them away carefully at the end of the season so they'll be nice and fresh for you the following year. And then when it comes to other holiday decorations, you know, if you're trimming a Christmas tree, I think it's really fun to think about some more sustainable options, you know, using natural materials, making ornaments at home with the kids. You know, you can string macaroni, popsicle sticks, um, you know, looking at more sustainable options and more natural materials for our holiday ornaments. And what can we do with food? Yeah, so food waste is another really important topic around the holidays. And, you know, I think it all starts with if you're planning a holiday gathering, you know, really thinking about how many people are you going to have, getting a really good RSVP list so you can make the right amount of food for those folks. And then when you get home from the grocery store, we have some great tips around how to stock your fridge and your pantry to really keep your food fresh for longer. So your listeners can check out our tool called Your Plan Your Planet, which is at g.co slash yourplanyourplanet. And there's a really fun exercise in there that's great to do at home with the kids on how to stock your fridge. And one of the best tips, I think, is around apples. So, you know, apples, if you put them out in your fruit basket, they're only going to last you for about six to ten days. If you put them in the fridge, they're going to last you for up to six weeks. So basically what that means is you have on-demand apple pie filling all holiday long if you just store those apples in your fridge. You know, I keep keep the apples in the fridge, and I have an apple every night. That is so good. You're so healthy. (laughs) Well, working on it anyway. Um, And and, uh, give me a gift idea in the sustainable world, or maybe a couple. Yeah, so this season I've been really into uh, what I like to call experiential gifts. So thinking about giving some someone a museum membership or event tickets. But there's also the IOU gift to say, you know, I can give you babysitting on demand or we'll cook you a nice meal. Um, I also think it's really nice around the holidays to think about local gifts, going to your local craft fair, your local farmer's market to support your local farmers and craftspeople and get something that feels really personal. And uh, actions speak louder than words. If we all do this, the world's a better place, one little step at a time. That's exactly right. So, Kate Brown, we appreciate your time. If we want to follow you, where do we do it? Absolutely. Uh, you can find me on uh, LinkedIn at Kate Brandt or on Twitter at Kate E. Brandt. And you can find uh, all our great tips for more sustainability at home at g.co slash your plan your planet. And it's Kate Brandt, B-R-A-N-D-T. You got it. Have a great day and happy holidays. Happy holidays to you. All right. So if you're just getting up and you're going, is it going to take me a long time to get to work? Uh, maybe a few extra minutes, but it shouldn't be a big deal. We only got a dusting and snow overnight, icy spots uh, here and there. Dave, did you have any issues coming in? None. Yeah, me either. Yeah, it was mostly northwest Indiana and to the south and little to the west. Northwest Indiana, of course, is where winter was invented. Yes. Uh, people think it's Minnesota. People think it's places like that. Nope. Northwest Indiana gets the brunt of winter all the time. Lake effect. So uh, they have to deal with it again today. Um, but around Chicago and the greater Chicago area, no big deal. He said asking Mary Vandervelde, who just took a sip of beverage. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Joking there. No, we've had a couple accidents, but it's looking a little bit better now. So, yeah, I had to dust off my car this morning. Might have to.
Uh, you, oh, you park outside. Well, I usually don't, but my son somehow got the garage last night. I don't know what happened when we were moving the cars around, so I got stuck outside. I think he knew it was going to snow. You know, you could tell him to move his car. You are the mother. Well, I was already asleep. And uh, yeah, I don't know what. What a weasel. I know. He's going to hear mm. from me today. No, yeah, blast him. <laughs> like, here's a weird observation for you. Friday night, I was at a, a surprise birthday party. Well, it's not a surprise anymore. Um, uh, Kim, uh, happy birthday. Um, but at this birthday party, it was at the Willis Tower at uh, what's it called the Metro Club, I believe, on 67. And um, I've never been there. I haven't been in the lobby of the Willis Tower in a long time. That's a beautiful lobby. You know what it got me thinking, Dave? What's the best lobby in the city? We've got some great buildings in the city. We do. Well, the Trib Tower is pretty nice. Not anymore. I don't. Uh, the lobby over at Aeon's pretty cool. You know, the Aeon, yeah. the Aeon Tower. But, um, you know, like a mini text question, maybe. I'm the furthest thing from an architectural nerd. Yeah. But what's the coolest lobby in the city? There are a lot of great hotel lobbies. Yeah, but, but I don't know if that really is. Uh, that, that's not necessarily a, an architectural feat. It's right. more of the amenities. It's true. That you might find in some of the nice hotels. True, true, true. But that counts. Mm-hmm. Those are buildings in the city. Um, so three one two nine eight one seventy. Text me. You got a great lobby. <laughs> <laughs> this lobby's kind of, okay here. This is the kind of question that if it was on the old Kathy and Judy show, they'd get three hours out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I'm just curious because I was I was really impressed with the. Uh, Do you like our lobby? It's fine. Yeah, you don't spend a lot of time fine. there, really. You just no, I walk through walk when I walk out. out. Yeah, it's got a nice tree down there. Yeah, it's, it's pretty, a, mm-hmm. it's very, not very bad. Pretty. This is an incredible studio setup. The best radio studios, and I'm I'm not exaggerating in the country. No, uh, on the 18th floor here with our views of the lake and the river and the skyline. Um, the lobby's fine. You know, I mean, you're just kind of blown away when you come up here and you yeah. see what, what's laid out. And it's not just us, because every visitor says the same thing. And people yeah. who go to a lot of radio stations right. see this place in their eyes. Jaded PR people yes, say the same thing. Dr. Most coming up before uh, 7. We'll be on after 6.30. He usually is on a Monday, and we always appreciate that. Um, I'll give you some more uh, Christmas gift ideas coming up, too. Here's the other text question of the day. And you can chime in on either one of these. Most embarrassing thing you saw at a holiday party? Ever. Not just this year. Ever. Embarrassing or awkward? Oh, speaking of awkward. And by the way, 312-981-7200. Mary Vandeveld, what's the similarity with bridesmaids at a wedding? They all wear the same color... Dresses sometimes, or a shade of the same color. Well, you know, when when it's darker at a reception, when everybody starts dancing, you know, you might not be able to distinguish between one or the other. So, at this wedding I was at uh, for Rachel and Steve on Saturday night, Rachel's two sisters, who I've also known since they were little kids, were the maiden matron of honor. And very funny, by the way, they did a great toast where they roasted their sister. Oh, that's cute. But. at one point, I'm walking by the dance floor. Because, you know, I don't like to go out on the dance floor in a wedding because I'll show people up. Are you really dancing, Steve? Well, if I get out there, it's all Denny Terrio all the time. Ah. Yeah. Once Celebrate comes on, you're you're out there. Celebrate, old-time rock and roll, look out for the white man overbite and the hands over the head. Then you got nothing but trouble. Chicken dance. So I walk by, and um, one of the bridesmaids who is dancing in this dark green dress uh, bumped into me. 
And I turned around and I hugged her. Because I thought it was one of the Oops. sisters of the bride who I've known their whole life. Turns out I didn't know her. <laughs> what did she do? I said, Slap oh, you? I said, oh, I'm sorry. I just, I thought you were, I never mind. And I just walked away. <laughs> and that's me. And I don't drink. Huh? Yeah, imagine the problems. All right, so your two text questions, coolest lobby in the city. We won't spend long on that. But I have a feeling a lot of you have opinions on the most awkward or embarrassing thing you saw at a holiday party. 312-981-7200. Now for some more news. Ready? Welcome to the Top 666. What? On the Steve Cochran Show. That is great radio. This is your first look at what people, animals, and assorted fruits and vegetables (laughs) will be talking about today. Item number one, of course, it's a big week. The House of Representatives is expected to vote to move the impeachment process to the Senate, where a trial or not will happen. It remains to be seen. New Fox poll says 50% of Americans um, would like the president impeached and removed from office. That's a Fox poll again. Uh, and again, that vote scheduled to take place sometime this week. It would take 67 votes in the Senate to remove the president. Uh, with uh, Majority Leader McConnell saying he'll work hand-in-hand with the White House. Uh, There's almost no chance that will happen. Next, parents of underage children who downloaded the popular TikTok or musical.ly video apps could be eligible for a share of a $1.1 million settlement in a class action lawsuit. Uh, That uh, alleging the apps violated online privacy laws. ByteDance, B-Y-T-E, Dance. The Chinese company that owns the apps reached a settlement agreement last week in a Chicago federal court. The deal needs approval from a judge expected to come, could deliver a payout to the families of up to 6 million underage children who signed up or used the apps without parental consent. I don't specifically know what the damage here was, other than exploitation of privacy. But uh, nonetheless, if you downloaded TikTok or the musical.ly video, apps then you could be eligible for some cash uh, um, i was just going to say that i i don't know if you, i told you the story about i downloaded the tiktok app and signed up for it because i felt like on social media i needed to be there mm-hmm. i deleted it after a week what was the bad thing about it's it just a, it's just for young people it's really for young young people like and, preteen types uh, i don't know if it's preteen but there's just a lot of young uh, uh, too young for me mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh so it's, it was creepy if you were on it. well it felt creepy yeah it felt yeah, like yeah. i was being creepy yeah. uh next uh, new vaping stats out the center for disease control reports so far this year this year alone 52 people have died from vaping related lung illnesses 2400 have been hospitalized illinois lawmakers have introduced a bill that would educate youth on uh, vaping uh, as a step to stop vaping or control the growth of it. it. remains to be seen where that law may go. Next, as Steve has been reporting, the Hallmark Channel reversed its decision to pull advertisements featuring same-sex couples and apologizing for removing them in the first place. The decision comes after Hallmark's parent company, Crown Media Family Networks, faced calls from viewers and advertisers that uh, were concerned because viewers wanted to boycott advertisers of the channel. They showed a same-sex couple kissing again. Uh, Hallmark president and CEO Mike Perry said yesterday the company made the wrong decision in pulling the ad, and they were putting it back on and apologized. LGBTQ groups said they salute Hallmark for what they've done, and uh, they're going to keep an eye on them. How about you just salute them for now? 
Yeah, the uh, company that's involved here, the wedding registry company, Zola, mm-hmm. uh, who had this ad, they haven't decided yet whether they're going back to Hallmark Channel. Yeah. That's, that's the new top on that this morning. Yeah, I think that's fair. Next, new flight data says Southwest is the worst airline to fly during the holiday season. 64% of all Southwest flights experience some type of delay or cancellation. Midway is where Southwest lives, of course. Midway also seems to be the worst airport to fly from during the holiday. 77% of all flights experience delays. Uh, it, that's every flight out of Midway. 77% of all flights out of Midway during the holiday season have delays at an average of 25 minutes. Delta and United Airlines look to be the worst airlines to fly uh, along with Southwest um, during the holiday. May I just say, I flew Southwest last week twice. I flew them over Thanksgiving mm-hmm. twice. Uh, my flights... Now, when you flew them, you piloted the planes? I, I personally, okay. to make sure there was no delay, right. flew a little faster. I, I, I might have been a little lead-footed. Sure. You know, well, you know how you, you are. do that. But, but I flew out of Midway last week, and again, I returned to Midway the other day on Southwest, and my flights were early, and the flights were great. They were no uh, problem, no problem at all. And the air now again. This is what December tenth through the fourteenth, mm-hmm. and if you're looking maybe towards next week, it's going to be a little different. But I had no. I I think it's really good airline for the most I part. Flew, I had good experiences with them. I flew out of Rochester, New York, back to Chicago on the Sunday night after Thanksgiving, the busiest travel night of the year, out of a blizzard in upstate New York and Rochester. Plane left on time, got here on time. There you go. Isn't this unusual? Southwest never gets a bad rap. It's always pretty good. Yeah. I don't get this. You don't hear a lot of negative about Southwest, except for the fact that sometimes the flight attendants are a tad too cheery. (laughs) You don't like that. Uh, It can be a bit much. Uh, Next, Tokyo's new national stadium they're going to use during the Olympics is about to open. Uh, The newly completed venue was formally unveiled at a ceremony attended by the Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe. And the architect behind the project. This is the architect that built Dave's house. Ken Kuma. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Cost around 157 billion yen. And you know what they say. That is a crap load of yen. Uh, that's $1.4 billion. The 68,000-seat stadium is going to host the opening and closing ceremonies uh, for both the Olympics and Paralympics. It'll also be used for soccer matches and track and field stuff during the games as well. And then in the grand tradition of the Olympics, it will be abandoned, left to decay, <laughs> as Tokyo goes broke. they're going to put an, an XFL expansion team <laughs> right. in there? Yeah. This is actually kind of refreshing because it feels like the last two Olympics we've had, they've been working until the very end, yeah. up to almost to the very games, to finishing their stadium. These guys are six, seven months ahead of time. Yeah. yeah. And one more. Let's go live to Dave, who is live outside at Lambeau Field. Dave, how'd it go? Actually, I didn't go to Lambeau Field oh, yesterday. You didn't no, it okay. did not go well. Uh, uh, Bears so. lost to the Packers. Yep. 21-13. Last play of the game. Exciting. Thought we might have something there. What would that have been if it's not the Music City miracle? What would they have called it if the Bears had scored? And, oh, by the way, even if they had scored... Uh, the the uh, if you do the math, they still needed a two point conversion <laughs> right. to tie the game. That's not guaranteed. It really would have been the perfect icing on the cake, though, if they had scored mm-hmm. and then fluffed the two pointer. Yes, that would have been the actual yeah. exclamation point. Yeah. Um, it was a lateral, lateral, lateral situation on the last play of the game, and they got to the two. Yeah, oh, they got to the two, and they had, and Allen Robinson's open there. If, if, yeah, you flip you it know, down, Allen Robinson. They get the ball to him, yeah. and he scores, and, and at least they have a chance to tie the game. And they right. practice that move a lot, don't they? 
teams work on all kinds of stuff. Those like weird that. lateral yeah. things, especially with Tariq, little Tariq Cohen. Right. He was mad afterwards. Ooh, yeah. he was steaming. Yeah, he was, and, and he's tiny. Yeah. Those two things aren't related, I guess. Uh, the win eliminates the Bears. Uh, the Packers win eliminates the Bears along with the Vikings win? Well, the, yes. With the Vikings win, the Bears are officially out of the playoff picture. And, you know, that's the eighth time in nine years they missed the playoffs. Well, that's not what you want. No, especially not this year. Meanwhile, the Hawks won a good game last night, beat the Minnesota Wild, and the Wild had been the best team in hockey over the last two weeks. Yeah. And uh, that's good. Well, uh, now they've got Colorado coming in. So let's which see. Which is also tough. They can, yeah. Let, and if you remember, it did not go well when they played Colorado back to back a couple of weeks ago. No, they lost both, so they yeah. need to pay back a little mm-hmm. bit. Uh, Saturday night, they had one of the most disappointing losses ever. They gave them four goals in the third period. And Dave, you told me from the time you landed, I, I landed. I get a notification on my phone; they're up three nothing. By the time I got my bag at baggage claim, they lost the game. Yeah, it's brutal. That's why last night's win was so great. Because you thought after Saturday night, holy crap, they're never going to recover from this. Well, and twice last night they had the lead. They were up right. two nothing. They were up three to two, and uh, and then they win it. And Brandon Side was quietly having a really good season. You know, Kane's getting all the pub, and he should. Mm-hmm. But Brandon Sud has have a, he scored the fourth goal last night. Yep, yep. so it was good. Uh, one other bonus item: Miss World last night was Miss Jamaica. Did you know? For the first time ever, all five major beauty pageants have winners that are women of color. First time it's ever happening. Really? Well, it's a good deal. I didn't know there were five major pageants. Sure, you got your Miss America, you got your Miss USA, you got your Miss World, you got your Miss Intergalactic Universe. And that you got your Miss uh, Jupiter. Uh, those are your five. Does anybody watch those anymore? <laughs> I remember think, what a big deal it used to be. Oh, yeah. yeah. Three-channel universe. That's, that was big watching, man. Teenage boys all over the country watching that bad boy. Who was the guy? Burt Parks? Yes. There yes. she oh. is. Oh. Miss America. <laughs> Shut up, Burt. <laughs> 627, back with the news next on 720 WGN. That's all today for the Top 6 at 6. No more! Just had a Dr. Kevin Most. You know, I asked a question. Best lobby in the city? ton of people said the Palmer House. And they're right. Palmer House is beautiful. Really beautiful lobby. Classic. Uh, the Rookery on South LaSalle. I, I was going to mention that. Yeah, that's a great building, too. The Chicago theaters all have beautiful lobbies. The craftsmanship and architecture. And the theaters themselves are, of course, incredible. I brought this up because I was at the Willis Tower on Friday night. I hadn't been there in a long time. And I thought that lobby was pretty spectacular. A15, uh, the best lobbies are the pharmaceutical industry and the NRA. See what he did there? Yes. Yeah. 773, uh, the Palmer House at Christmas. Uh, 847, the bar room at the Palmer House. Uh, Brian says, I love the Marquette building on Adams and Dearborn. Their lobby is all mosaic. It's a historic landmark. As far as the uh, Christmas party embarrassing notes, this is the other part of the text question. Probably roll with this for the rest of the show. Awkward, embarrassing things that happened at a holiday party. Things that stood out. Six where I was the boss at a holiday party. We had karaoke. Seven women dragged me on stage, and we sang, It's Raining Sven's. Because my name is Sven. Oh, that wasn't awkward. You loved it. 262, embarrassing moment. One of my female coworkers being promiscuous with another coworker while her husband was in the other room at the restaurant looking for her. Okay. Oh, my. Yeah, it's a tad troublesome. 312, Steve, I'm a videographer at weddings. The mother of the bride was wearing a micro mini, six-inch stilettos, and carrying two drinks. Of course she slipped and fell. 
Lots of pictures were taken, including in the video. 815 visited a family Christmas party at a restaurant. Santa was spotted in the bar <laughs> pounding a shot before he had to deal with all the kiddies at our party. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Santa needs a friggin' drink, okay? <laughs> Dr. Kevin Most joins me, sponsored by Northwestern Medicine, relentless in their pursuit of better health care. Hi, Doc. Good morning, guys. How are y'all? We're good. Dave's back. Good. Morning, Doc. Check Hi, this Dave. out. Dave's yeah. dad turned 96. Yeah. This week. And How cool turns is that? 96 this yeah. week. His best friend turns 99 this week. The next day. And they both look like they're 80, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look at Dave. Look how well he keeps himself in shape. Dave doesn't that's look 80. Surprising. Dave looks way better than 80. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. I did get my flu shot in while I was in Florida, though, Doc. Great, the, the Dave. Very... I, was, I was a little concerned and felt bad that you weren't there when we uh, when we did, though. So I'm glad you got it done. It got it. They're, they're very available there. Oh, they're mandatory. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, when you cross the border into Florida, they yes. make you get off the airplane at the airport and they poke you. Mm. Can't have flu being spread around. It's kind of a nasty flu virus, too. Yeah, it's uh, very nasty this year. It's all over. Uh, let's talk a little diabetes and weight management when we come back. Yeah, listen up, New Year's Eve. We are back. Two big shows, 1 o'clock matinee and a 7 o'clock evening show, all sponsored by the fine people at Team Hochberg, the mortgage experts of Team Hochberg. Call them up, 855-56-DAVID or fitch6david.com. All right, so here's the deal. We'll be at the Rouse Center in Crystal Lake at 1. And then at classiccinemas.com slash Steve is where you can go for tickets for the evening show at 7 o'clock, where we're back at the Tivoli. It's New Year's Eve for people that can't stay awake until midnight. Would love to see you there. This is the 19th year of the show. 19 years where I couldn't sit back with the rest of you guys and enjoy New Year's Eve because I was out there slaving over a hot group of stand-up comics. Guaranteed good time. Here's the deal. Mike Toomey will be there. Tim Walco will be there. Tim Benker will be there. John DeCoste will be there. Might even do a little singing. And I will be there as well. And, you know, it's going to be fun. And it, you don't have to worry about it being offensive and blue. Maybe we talk about some adult grown-up things. But nobody's up there cursing up a storm. So I hope you come out. Very reasonable ticket price, too. Frankly, too reasonable. But I'll deal with the cost on that. Rouse Center at 1. RouseCenter.com. R-A-U-E-Center.com. ClassicCinemas.com slash Steve. Takes you right to the Tivoli site. You can also go to the box office at either theater if you like. But I hope to see you 1 o'clock or 7 o'clock on New Year's Eve. Two big shows. We're going to have a good time. And again, sponsored by... Team Hochberg, 855-56-DAVID or 56david.com. You can trust him. He's a good guy. And he's about to have his own show. Saturday mornings after Lou Manfredini, talking about all things related to your house starting in the new year. All right, we come back with Dr. Kevin Most. You got your shopping done yet? Shopping for what? (laughs) For the holidays. For the lovely Patty and the Pooches. It's it's still early, so you know I still have plenty of time. Yeah, no stress at all yep. there. No. All right, let's talk diabetes. Uh, yeah. Let's see the differences first. Diabetes one is that what it's called? Yeah. So there's two types of diabetes: diabetes type one, which used to be called child onset, and then diabetes type two, which used to be called adult onset. Um, so two totally different diseases. We have type one are Pancreas just doesn't make enough insulin, so we need to provide it with provide our body with insulin. That's why people take shots or have insulin pumps because their body doesn't make enough 
uh, insulin for uh, them to uh, monitor their blood sugar. Type 2 diabetes actually comes because, for the main reason, because we're overweight. Um, and our, we make plenty of insulin in most parts, but we just don't use it as well, and it's not as effective. Um, the body, when we get on so much weight and so much fat, that the body actually resists the effects of insulin, and therefore we need to make it make the insulin there more effective, and in some cases even give them additional insulin. All right, so let's go to type 2, because it seems to be the fastest-growing segment, yes? Yep, <clears throat> wildly. I mean, we talk about the epidemic of diabetes. It's the epidemic of type 2 diabetes. There's still, those are about 95% of all diabetics. Only about 5% are the type 1 diabetics. So we're starting to see that. And the sad thing is that we used to call it adult onset because that's when we saw it come on. And unfortunately, now we are even starting to see it in young children and adolescents. Because of the nutrition, the kids are overweight, all of that? Yep. So right now, this is this is kind of a study just came out in JAMA about a week and a half ago, and it's kind of staggering when you look at these numbers now, that one in five adolescents and one in four young adults are now termed pre-diabetic. And you say, well, what does pre-diabetic mean? Pre-diabetic means that your blood sugar levels are higher than they should be, but not high enough to be termed, termed diabetes. So our normal blood sugar should be around 100 in the 90s. Um, We're talking about these kids having blood sugars walking around in the 125, 120 range. How do you stem the tide or how do you fix it? Well, the biggest thing we need to do is really be aware of what's going on with our weight gain here. If you can control your weight, that's probably the biggest thing. You could take someone who's a type 2 diabetic on insulin and medication. If they lose weight with diet and exercise, they will come off those medications, which is important, but probably the more important thing that people don't understand is the impact diabetes makes on the rest of our body. Mm -hmm. We'll have diabetic retinopathy so we can lose our vision we have kidney issues we have heart issues you have a much higher incidence for heart disease and stroke and for many cancers actually the diabetics will have a higher incidence as well so not only will you get off the medication and save some money there but also you're going to extend your life you're going to extend your quality of life as well as your quantity of life so the way we gain weight in the winter is common sense you got your specialty coffees your pounded nose Uh, Do we really use more salt in the winter? We do. We use more salt in the winter. It's kind of interesting when you look at the foods that we eat. We start to eat more heavier foods in the winter. The other thing is we have a decreased number of vegetables. So although the vegetables may be there, the cost starts to get prohibitively high during the winter, and individuals will look for other options. So when they use regular food and they make these heavier foods, we have a higher propensity to put salt on those foods, and therefore our salt intake increases, which takes in additional fluids for us and actually increases our blood pressure. And I didn't think about this, but you wear heavier clothes in the winter, so maybe you're less inclined to notice that you don't look the way you want to look. That's exactly right, and that was interesting. An interesting study came out about people's perception of weight. They don't realize they have what they call winter clothes, so they they have clothes that are heavier that they, oh, I need to bring out my winter clothes. But also that stops you from actually looking at your body or someone looking at your body and noticing, say, boy, I might have put on a couple of pounds here. Not many people weigh themselves daily, which is a big thing that I, you know, feel is important, Um, but you just go into your winter clothes, which are heavier, bigger, and then all of a sudden you get your spring come and we lose weight again. 
You know, the Peloton people got slammed for the commercial where the woman made what's now being called Peloton face, where she looked uh, super nervous to get on the bike. And somehow, even though the guy didn't speak a word in the commercial, it got turned into a misogynist threat and weight shaming and all of that. I I don't know how it blew up the way it did, but it did. The Peloton people, thank God they're as popular as they are. Absolutely. And, you know, for me, people will say that. And for me, it's not about your you know, telling you what to do. I'm talking all about the health benefits of being at a proper weight. When you look at what's going on in the country right now, the number of people who weigh over 200 pounds is the highest it has ever been. The number of people who have a BMI, a body mass index, over 25 is the highest it's ever been. And the scary thing is, is that we don't care. If you ask people, they feel that they don't have the desire to lose weight. So the Peloton people, I don't care whether it's Peloton or ellipticals or, you know, I look at it from the health benefits of it is we're not healthy at that weight. We're not healthy at that weight because of diabetes, because of the strain we put on our heart, because of the strain we put on our knees and backs and hips. You look at the number of joint replacements that are going to happen in the next 30 years, and it is staggering as far as the projections here. And for type 1s, what's what's happening there? Is there even better technology? I mean, of course, you had the implanted pump a long time ago. Is it going to be on yeah. that? Yeah. You know, the interesting thing about type 1 diabetes is if you look back historically, my mother, or excuse me, my grandmother was a type 1 diabetic. So, you know, we would watch her test her blood sugar and, you know, it would be kind of she'd prick her finger and test her blood sugar, and she'd know what it was at that point, and that's how she would uh, dose her insulin for the day. Well, now we actually have a bunch of monitors now that are just attached to the skin or under the skin, and actually they are monitoring your blood sugar and doing your insulin at that time. Much more exact so that you have a constant flow of insulin based on what you need, and that's the big thing. You want to get as close back to what would be called normal insulin, normal diabetes, or excuse me, normal glucose levels. The big spikes are the things that cause the problem, that cause inflammation in the heart and the eyes and the kidneys. So type 1 diabetics with uh, insulin pumps are much more uh, accurate and much better than the old days of testing your blood sugar three times a day and, you know, sticking yourself with insulin. Next Monday, we talk weed for the holidays. Why not? You know, right around the corner, everyone probably realizes it, but there are some health concerns and things that we should have learned from other states uh, that uh, that's probably going to be important for not only the adults, but also for the, the kids that uh, may be exposed to this. All right, buddy. Thank you. You got it. We'll talk to you soon. Northwestern Medicine, uh, they, of course, Northwestern Medicine sponsors Dr. Kevin Most and Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. That's where Steve will be next. Hawks win. That's good. Hawks tickets coming up not once but twice this morning. And also Dan Hampton on the Bears. Bears lose. Oh, wait, that's not good. And uh, Hamp will uh, talk about the end of the Bears playoff run here and what happens from here coming up in a bit. Stand by for both of those. We get to the newsroom first. Steve Rosanne is standing by. He clearly has news on his mind. He'll have to share it with you now because that's his job. And it starts right about here. Be honest. Raise your hand if you thought the Bears would win yesterday. I did. So did I. Yeah. I really did. They've been playing well. Ugh. Better. Ugh. Well, let's get to the guy. And the guy is the Hamp. Sponsored by Chevy Drive Chicago Dot com. Hamp, listen, I believe this is one of the most depressing bear seasons we've had because of the expectations we had. Am I overstating that? No, no. And good morning. I, you're, you're exactly right. You know, pain is inevitable, but the suffering, 
you know, even that is not an option now. We it, it is what it is. The Bears are seven and seven, and assured of being out of the playoffs. So that that one moment in time of a year ago has now all but evaporated. But but more importantly, you know, going into the pregame yesterday with the great Ed Obradovich, I, I said, look, I'm halfway tempted to kind of be optimistic and throw bouquets and say, oh, well, the, you know, the Bears have won three in a row, four or five. The offense actually looked effective and efficient last week against the Cowboys. And, and then on the other hand, I, I, I'm just so mad that this 100th season was basically desecrated by a team that not only started the season out unprepared, but they never seemed to, uh, what would you say, acknowledge it right, or take ownership of it. But here we are going into a meaningless couple of last games of the year, and they're still saying, oh, yeah, well, we're, we're, you know, we're, we're doing this and we're doing that. And, you know, and at some point we all just shake our heads and say, dudes, you had opportunities to make something happen this year, and you didn't do it. And shame on you. And, you know, think about this. The Packers, the arch rival of arch rivals. It's the oldest rivalry in, in pro football. And we had the ball 25 times in two games, 120 minutes of football, and we score, that's right, one touchdown. So, it's you know, it, 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 it's not good. And I, I, for one, would like for some of them just to step back and say, hey, you're right. We stink, and, and we need to take ownership. Yeah, I think the really discouraging part of it is that you look at the fourth quarter of the game, and after the Bears cut it to eight points, they still have half the fourth quarter remaining, and half the defense gives them multiple opportunities, multiple possessions there. Even after a, a sudden change situation with the interception, uh, they don't let the Packers capitalize on it, and they still can't get the ball in there, although they almost, I know they almost did on the last play, but still, they had every opportunity to do it. Yeah, and, and you know what, so much of that, Mr. Cat, as you know, using a million games, it was garbage time. Green Bay kind of checked it into neutral somewhere late part of the third quarter. They had a 21-3 to lead, and they essentially started, hey, the let's get ready for the Vikings mode, and Okay, to the Bears' credit, they, they scored a, their only touchdown of the day and kind of got back in it and was threatening and was making noises and huffing and puffing, but nothing, nothing ever came out of it. And think about this. The last three quarters of the game, the Packers essentially played a dime defense. That's six defensive backs where most anyone in the in, – in the game of football, would say, "Hey, this is where you 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 know strap your helmet on and you run at them and you just make them pay for the fact that they've got a bunch of little guys on the field. You know, let's let's mug them. Well, mm-hmm. you know, we couldn't do that. We've got such uh, you know trouble with you know the the offensive line, uh, a group of tight ends that are are not only ineffective but invisible." And at some point, you just got to say, you know, Trubisky was able to generate a bunch of, you know, meaningless yards, but the two interceptions came at back-breaking moments. And and somehow, some way, this team, and they, again, they were they were ill prepared in September, and that's exactly what happens when you get into a game like this. That you've got to be able to to um, to, to make things happen. We could never do it, and 
hey, here we are, seven and seven, and looking up at the uh, at the Vikes and the uh, the Packers playing for the uh, division crown in the week. Everybody else gets to have fun. Back with Dan Hampton, sponsored by Chevy Drive Chicago dot com. All right, Hamp, what have we learned? Well, there's a couple of things, you know. And by the way, that that uh, that gentleman that was on just uh, 60 seconds ago saying, "Hey, 23 years ago they did my fashion sausage. They did a great job, and guess what? It lasted. Nice. Think about think about how last year this Bear team, 12 and four, and we all thought, oh well, we are on the cusp of something really special, and you know, uh, uh, put stringing together a bunch of winning seasons. You think about this for the, in the last 25 years, the Bears have had two back-to-back winning seasons. There's 20. Five years ago, nineteen ninety four, ninety five. They went nine and seven and nine and seven and then in oh five and oh six we know that you know they, they were pretty good in oh five and then they went to the Super Bowl and lost in oh six. But that if, what happens is you have to be able to put building blocks in place and say we're gonna we're gonna be able to count on this and count on that. Hey, where you know, our our secondary acted like they'd never tackled in below thirty two degrees yesterday. Mukamara, uh, Eddie Jackson, these guys have a lot of whiffs, and guess what? It adds up and it counts against your defense. Uh, you know, when you miss tackles in the secondary, next thing you know, people are knocking on the goal line and scoring. And then the offensive line has been almost completely useless in run blocking. They, they don't open holes, which reduces your running back, Montgomery, to, to dodging people in the backfield. So, you know, again, we we never really had a foundation for a team to be successful. And here in week 14, boom, you see it in living color. Hamp, what do you make of, and I presume you've seen or heard the comments from Trubisky after the game about uh, they could have helped the offensive line out more, moving the pocket where they've had some success. Uh, yeah. What, what do you think of that? There's no, there's, there's no denying the fact that if, if you was to rate, you know, his abilities and skills, that he fares the best when he is being able to throw in the realm. He's going to throw one back across the field yesterday to Robinson. That was the you know, good stuff. Hey, you're a professional quarterback. You're supposed to make that throw, but he did. And that's and those are the the type of, of of plays that not only embolden your teammates and your offense, but it's it, the defense is back in the huddle going, "Oh my God, he made that play! We didn't know he." Could. Well, those are the things that this offense needs to feature. Unfortunately, we don't do it. We it's almost like it's a contrivance when he does get out of the pocket and he's kind of being chased out by pressure. And it's a completely different thing. If you were to go back and look at the Vikings, who have played pretty well this year, and and Kirk Cousins, who I'm no fan of, but after we beat their pants off here back in September, he basically said, we need to go back to doing things that I can do, which is play action, and especially play action off a bootleg. They've had about 20 touchdown bombs this year off of that that one single play. The, the same thing that Trubisky would be very good at, and yet we very seldom, if ever, even try it. So, it, to me, it's just it's 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 maddening. And and okay, are we going to blame Trubisky? Are we going to blame Nagy? Well, 
you know, it's easy to, uh, why don't we just blame both? Because neither right. one has been able to come up with a consistency on offense that you got to have in today's NFL. Two other things as far as what have we learned goes. One goes back to the original rant from late summer. Will this change things when it comes to the strategy of training camp? Because if you didn't learn that this team, and I believe all teams, but this team needs preparation, needs to practice, needs contact, needs to hit to be ready for game one, I don't know if you'd ever learn it if you didn't learn it this year. Let's hope. Yeah, and again, you know, Matt Nagy's not going to get fired. Brian Pace is going to embrace Nagy and, and Trubisky like they, they're the, uh, the the baby Jesus over this offseason. Because <laughs> they, if they fail, he fails. So get ready for it. But essentially, those two guys, all three of them, they need to have a, a come-to-Jesus moment and say, hey, what we're doing, it's not working. We've got to be better. We've got to be smarter. We've got to be more pragmatic. But you're exactly right. The, the the refusal to act like a professional coach and say we need the preseason because guess what? We've got an offensive right guard that played defense two years ago at Nobody University, and he doesn't know how to play yet, and so we need to run blocks. We need to make sure that Cody Whitehair is going to be able to play left guard and and Daniels is going to be the center. Oh, but wait a minute. It didn't work out, so we had to change in the middle of this. All these things could have been settled and decided way back when in August if they had their hats on correct. But you know what? Ego and, uh, you know, this, this hubris that they carried into the season has really it, – it's been a shame to watch it all be squandered. And now – Hey, we get to watch Patrick Mahomes Sunday night and say, wow, what would have been possible if only we would have drafted him? So last thing for me, and Dave, jump in after if you got a quickie, mm-hmm. but uh, uh, you got to bring in competition and camp against Trubisky, don't you? They won't. They're going to say they will, and they may bring in somebody, uh, you know, a Ryan Tannehill type of uh, suspect. Uh, Fitzpatrick or somebody that, uh, you know, they, they, they get off the waiver wire. Obviously, you know, Chase Daniel is not the guy that pushes Trubisky. He knows just his pecking order. He's not a guy that would do it or threaten uh, Trubisky. But all I know is this. We saw a definitive improvement in not only Trubisky, but his habits and his preparation after what happened. After he got his butt benched for playing bad in the in, in the uh, L.A. Ram game, they're not going to admit it, but you know and I know we know what we saw that he came back and he played better. Competition is good for everybody. You see it every day on the golf course. I see it every day when I played. Every day we had to earn our, our our you know earn our spot, earn our mojo, and you know what? The sooner they realize that, that, that ten years from now or. A hundred years from now, it's all going to be the same because it is a competitive sport. The sooner you make this kid earn his starting job instead of giving it to him, we're all going to be a lot better. Is there? And we're going to have a couple of weeks here, unfortunately, to to look ahead to next year. But is there one guy that you look at this year and you say, okay, uh, and and maybe a new element to this team that you can say, hey, next year, here's a guy who will be an important part of this who wasn't going into 2019? 
Well, you know, the two young tight ends, they, they, they offer possibilities. Mm. You know, uh, Horstead is a, uh, a wide receiver. He's only 220 pounds. He's got to get bigger. Bigger, stronger is always better. But, you know, he's got some skills, some abilities uh, on defense. Nick Kwiatkowski earned the right to be a starter, not only in the NFL but here in Chicago. Let's hope they do the right thing and keep him here. By the way, you know, while Khalil Mack was collecting his, I think it's the $33,000 of play yesterday up in Green Bay, at least Akeem Hicks came back, wow. and he didn't have to off of an injured elbow, but he came back. And he played, and he had yep. he was he had an impact. Impressive. And you know what? Even though a couple of times he had to leave, you got to tip your cap to his grit and his determination. He is so important to this team. If everybody would watch and see how he, you know, how he tries to to win for the uh, for the Chicago Bears, boy, we're going to be that much closer to getting back where we need to be. It's Dan Hampton. The Bears didn't make the playoffs, but he did because he was really, really good. And he's still really, really good. And he'll be on with us for the playoffs. Huh? See what I did there? Hmm? Yeah, I see yeah. that. Okay. Yeah. Almost That's pulled good. a muscle myself. Yeah, I know. Uh, Hamp, love you, buddy. And uh, and we'll talk to you before the holiday. ChevyDriveChicago.com. All right. Go, Bears. There you go. 728. got to figure out a schedule with Hamp. I always get confused this time. Well, here. they... Right now, yeah. there's two more games. They do, but yeah. Yeah, they do this week. Talking about beyond. Dave, you yes. know me. I'm always thinking ahead. I know. You are a forward thinker. Coming up, the no-cheat game. It's a brand-new game I just invented. The no-cheat game. We'll tell you how you can win Blackhawks tickets. News next, 720 WGN. I have Blackhawks tickets in the no-cheat game. Brand-new game. You know okay. me. I'm tough on the contestants. You are. 312-981-7200. Call up. I will ask you a question live. You'll have to answer it live. You won't have time to Google it. Therefore, the no-cheat game. It will be hockey-related. 312-981-7200 if you want to play. Super Joe will line up people who think they know hockey when we come back. And you can't ask Siri. Mm-mm. Okay. I have a pair of tickets to see the Hawks and the Avalanche this Wednesday night, December 18th, also known as Ross Cochran's 29th birthday. And my father's 96. How about that? Abigail Grace turns four tomorrow. Your dad turns 96. Ross turns 29 on Wednesday. My mom has a big birthday on Thursday. Bang, 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 bang. week. Yeah. There's a couple more I haven't even mentioned. Uh, Niece Claire had a birthday yesterday. Happy birthday, Claire. And uh, Lauren's mom um, has a birthday on uh, Friday. I mean, it's a busy week, Dave. Uh, so anyway, tickets, uh, for all the right reasons, Four Seasons, find them online at fourseasonsheatingandcooling.com. Ro Khan has tickets this afternoon. Uh, which line did you want me to go to? Line five. This is Mike in Northwest Indiana. Mike, this is the no-cheat game. You think you know hockey? I can try. I've actually never been to a Blackhawks game. I'm from Florida originally. Well, I hope you win. So hockey is new to me. Well, I hope you win. (laughs) Uh, Last night, Patrick King got his eighth career hat trick. You, of course, have heard of the great one, Wayne Gretzky. Yes. Within two, how many career hat tricks did Wayne Gretzky have? And if you'd like, you can ask Dave Ennett for help, the sports director, the man who Uh, knows everything that's ever happened in sports. No, I have to Google it. Within two. Don't Google it. This is the no cheat Uh. game. I'm going to tag in Dave in it. All right. Well, what's your answer, Mike, just out of curiosity? I'm going to say 25. 25. Dave? I would say go. you need to go a little higher than that. A little higher? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Within two. 
50? Okay. Not that high. Okay. Not that high. You let's, want to split the difference? 40, 42 and a half. <laughs> <laughs> a half a hat trick. <laughs> oh, it's entertaining. Well, oh, I lost you. You said what now? 42. 42. I said within two. The correct answer yeah. is 37. Uh, so close. Uh, uh, thank you for the opportunity. Wait, now here's the deal. 50 okay. is the sum total of great goal games. He had 37 hat tricks. He had nine four-goal games. And he had four five-goal games for a total okay. of 50. And he said 50. You said 50. You've never been to a game? Never. You win. You're in. Are you serious? Pair of tickets, Hawks, and the Colorado Avalanche Wednesday night. You're in. Holy cow, thank you so much. Thank you, man, for listening. I appreciate it. Uh, it's uh, and, and, you know, take care of Joe and Guy and Greg and Dave, too, with a big hug. Uh, courtesy of Four Seasons Heating, Air Conditioning, and Plumbing. Thank you, Mike. Hold on. When we come back, the Victor J. Andrew Choir. We love these guys. They're really good. They're going to sing it up. Now, we don't have time for the normal Ryan Noble's Monday Good Time today, but since I don't know that I'll be speaking to him before the holiday. I mean, we are on next Monday. I don't know what the schedule is. But, uh, Ryan, I just wanted to say how much I appreciate you, uh, not just your friendship, but uh, your uh, talent and uh, your considerable contribution to the show. And I wanted to wish you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Steve, I can't thank you enough. You know, I feel the same exact way. It's been an honor for me to be on your show now for more than three years. Talking to the folks of Chicago about what's going on in Washington. Uh, Likewise, in terms of your friendship, uh, it's been a real pleasure and an honor to be with a broadcast legend like you on a regular basis. And I'm glad I could be a small part of this uh, very highly successful show. It's been great. And I wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Holidays. Well, thank you, buddy. And I will leave you with this. Go Bills. I don't know if you heard, but the Bears are out. Playoff bound. We're we're ready. I think we might get a win this year, too. I'm excited about about that. How about that? (laughs) All right, buddy. Thanks. I'll be in touch. Let me go to Chris Moan, who's standing by. Chris is uh, with the Victor J. Andrew High School Choir. And Chris and the Victor J. Andrew kids have been here for, I don't know, 40, 45 45 years? Is that right, Chris? Oh, yeah. For sure. We've been here forever. How many years have we done this? Is it three years in a row? Four years in a row? You know, it's been off and on for, I think, five or six, maybe? It's tremendous. I think so. I noticed some of the kids are in uniform. Some of them are, and some decided to go full holiday blast. So, uh, yeah, we have a nice range here. All right. And the ones that dressed up, do they get extra credit? They do, yeah. And they just typically dress snappier. Some of them are a little, yeah, you see. So they're your favorites. (laughs) Right. Yeah, of course. And the the other kids are terrible disappointments to you. Is that what you're saying? Uh, Only only for you. Yeah. (laughs) Only right now. Yeah. Just just in this moment. They seem very well behaved no one's making a sound no they're 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 very well kind of house house uh, broken so we're we're going to be good in here plus we have nice accommodations so thank you so much i don't know how much time you have but uh we want to get at least a couple if not three songs out of you so what are you going to start with uh, we're going to do a little deck the hall deck the hall when you're ready here's Let's the victor it. j andrew choir <clears throat> deck the hall with boughs of holly fa la 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 Tis the season to be jolly, fa la 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 la. Don we now our gay apparel, fa la 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 la. Troll the ancient yuletide carol, fa la 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 la. See the blazing you'll be for us, fa la 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 la. 
Strike the harp and join the chorus. Fa la 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 la. Follow me in merry measure. Fa la 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 la. While I tell of Yuletide treasure. Fa la 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 la. Fast away the old year passes. Fa la 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 la. Till the new year lads and lasses. Fa la 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 la. Sing we joyous all together. Fa la 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 la. Heedless of the wind and weather. Fa la 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 la. Is beautiful. Beautiful. Mary Vanderbilt, you're the biggest critic on the show. What do you I think? I am not. Oh, it was fantastic. It's <laughs> <laughs> really good. Very Chris, good. you must be very proud of these kids. Absolutely. They're great kids. And I have a full list of all of them here. Whoever put this list together tried to uh, mess with me because some of the names have last name first, some have first name first. For instance, I thought Ashley's first name was Casalino. And I thought, what do you mean first name? So let me fire through the Sandy's the uh, chaperone. We appreciate that as well. But I believe we have Avonis and Peter and Carly, Anthony and Ashley, Franklin and Adam, Julia, uh, Agatha, Drew, Kellen, Ashley, another Ashley, Ashley Gardner, uh, Joseph and Calvin, Skyler. Skyler's a cool name. Anybody else named Skyler in there? <laughs> That's sweet. Uh, Lindsay and Daniel, Michael and Maria, Ian and Jack, uh, David, Raymond, George, uh, Nicole, Jillian or Gillian? Jillian. Oh, let's go, Jillian. And Samantha as well. I think I got just about everybody. Oh, I'm missing no, Michael. It. Yamaya, Abigail, Alexandria, and Janumfa. We call her Mai. Is Janumfa close? She's, it's close. We call her Mai. Hi, Mai. <laughs> what up? Anyway, thank you guys all for being here. What's song number two? Um, actually, we were going to do a little Carol of the Bells. Oh, this is great. It's one of my favorites. And by the way, can we see these guys perform anywhere? <laughs> Uh, oh, Chris? you know what? We just uh, we just had our concert actually this last week. So it was a huge music department uh, called uh, Holiday Prism, where all of the music ensembles at Andrew High School performed together. So you, we just missed it, but if you if you missed it, you're catching us now. And it was a c- tremendous show, and we all should feel terrible about missing it. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Okay. Good. I think that's right. <laughs> Here we go one more time with the Victor J. Andrew High School Choir. <laughs> Sweet silver bells all seem to say, Dog cares away. Christmas is here, Dong, in the chin, Ding, Dong, in Dong, Ding, in the book, Ding, Dong, in Dong, Dad is his song, Ding, joyful ring, Dog carol. One seems to hear words of good cheer from everywhere, filling the air. Oh, how they grow, raising the sound, Bottle and Dale, Tile, the ring, while people sing, Song of good cheer, Christmas is here. Ding, Dong, in Dong, Dad is his song, Ding, joyful ring, Dong, 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 Just a, don't miss. 
Amazing. All right, a sitting ovation, the rare sitting ovation. Thank you. Very, very, very strong. Very nice. All right, Chris, I'm going to give you an option. We can do one more right here. We can take a little break and come back, and you can sing to Dean Richards in a few minutes. Oh, we'd love to sing to Dean. All right, stand by. All right. We'll take some pictures in between, too. Great. Uh, we just got a couple of minutes here before the uh, top of the hour, so let me set up the next hour. Dean Richards, of course, will be here. The Victor J. Andrew High School Choir will sing to Dean. Uh, this gets me off the hook for a Christmas present. I can just say, hey, I got the choir to sing to you, man. You know what I mean? Well, no. Oh, I okay. think you need to do a little more than that. I mean, they're great at all. They're really good. Yeah. Bob Muller, um, not the one that did the report, uh, Bob Muller, Battle of the Bulge Hero. This is the Battle of the Bulge anniversary today. One of the greatest battles in American war history. And today is the anniversary. And Bob Muller will talk about it when he comes on. Uh, Jim Cornelison. The great Jim Cornelius. One of the coolest things when you go to a Blackhawk game is the USO salute to vets. And they have a World War II vet. And by the way, these guys are all 90 plus. They got a World War II vet. They've got a, a Korean War or Vietnam vet as well. And sometimes a Gulf War vet. Uh, all there to be saluted. And I'm telling you, the audience roars when that World War II vet in particular gets yes. introduced. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, Cornelison is the guy, and, and very generous to veterans as well, mm-hmm. veterans organizations, including a couple I'm involved with. But Cornelison is going to be today's Christmas card by phone. Yeah, I don't have time to lick stamps. Christmas card by phone today um, is Jim Cornelison. He'll be on. So that's coming up. Uh, later in the week, uh, Doc Emmerich and Mark Greco. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, not together. Separately. Uh, they'll be on as well. I mean, they could be together. Yeah, it's not as like far they as like you know. each other. So that's coming up as well. Uh, and hopefully uh, we'll get to some more of these uh, last-minute Christmas gift ideas. We've got some good ones for you. We continue on 720 WGN, the Steve Cochran Show. This is show number 1,503, 323 days till uh, next Election Day. The Victor J. Andrew High School Choir standing by. And, Dean, I need your help. Yes, sir. You're a critic. I am. Of the highest order. You're one of them big-shot critics that they pay attention to nationwide. The Victor J. Andrew High School Choir, they're really good. Yeah. But I thought... You want me to they, take them down a few pegs? What if they sing... <laughs> I thought, what if they I sing I know they're just you? kids, but the sooner you learn about disappointment, kids, the better. Especially in show business. Yeah. All right, so they're going to sing, and then you can give me your critical assessment. Oh, good. That's not uncomfortable at all. No, not at all. No pressure. All right, Chris, what's the next song? We're going to get one for the kiddies out there. Jolly Old St. Nicholas. Jolly Old St. Nicholas. Here you know, we go. You know what I love is the harmon. Oh, there. there. The pitch pipe. The pitch pipe. Yeah, here we go. Jolly Old St. Nicholas, lean your ear this way. Don't you tell a single soul what I'm going to say. Christmas Eve is coming soon. Now you dear old man. Whisper what you'll bring to me, tell me if you can. When the clock is striking twelve, when I'm fast asleep, down the chimney broad and black, with your pack you'll creep. All the stockings you will find hanging in a row. Mine will be the shortest one, you'll be sure to know. Johnny wants a pair of skates, Susie wants a sled. Nellie wants a picture book, yellow, blue, and red. 
Now I think I'll leave to you what to give the rest. Choose for me, dear Santa Claus, you will know the best. All right, so Dean, you're... Oh. I, I mean, I thought... That's real applause, by the way. I don't know if people know that Steve has a studio audience of 700 people every morning. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, and, and that is not recorded. I thought they were exceptional, Dean, but I'm not a professional critic. You I are. Your thoughts. I also thought that they were exceptional. Uh, beautiful, beautiful harmonies and uh, the pacing of the song. I, I liked how it sped up a little bit and slowed. Yeah, it's a little bit different from... Uh, you could barely a, tell it was recorded. Was it? Was it, really? it? It sounded phenomenal. They are really, really good. Chris, what do you attribute that to? Um, you know what? They just really buy it, hook, line, and sinker. They just, they get into it. They so get they're into the suckers, music. is what you're saying. They're yeah. really they, they, there's a there's a fullness to that sound, right? though. A fullness and dimension to that sound, though, that you don't hear in a lot of uh, choirs. They're just perfect. They really are. And by the way, we did a picture or two in there, and they couldn't get to the bathroom and get back on time. So how they have the timing for these songs is unbelievable. (laughs) 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 Did the kid Charity laugh me? (laughs) (laughs) Chris, great job. Nothing says Merry Christmas more than condescension to the guy. (laughs) Chris, wonderful job. And thank you, guys. You're all great. Give yourselves a round of applause. Thank you. Well, wow, they were really, really good. Really, really Wouldn't good. Wouldn't it have been great if I would have trashed them, though? <laughs> I was deeply disappointed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I did notice this, though. The lyrics, uh, some of these Christmas lyrics uh, need to be updated. Cause, uh, can somebody find me a kid that wants a picture book? Yeah, exactly. You know what a picture book is? Instagram. Crap you take on your iPhone on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, we need to uh, update We need a brand new post to my Instagram. That type of thing. Oh, wow. My underwear are tight today. Um, all right. I don't have notes in front of me. What exciting show business news will you have when we come back? Uh, I'm going to be telling you uh, about Chance the Rapper, why he canceled his entire tour. Okay. I'm going to be telling you uh, about how you can see footage from the new Tom Cruise Top Gun movie, uh, uh, starting off Star Wars week, because mm-hmm. the new movie's mm-hmm. going to come out at the end of the week, and as you may recall, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was out in uh, Los Angeles and interviewed the entire cast, so mm-hmm. we've got a clip uh, with uh, director J.J. Abrams talking about the bigness of this whole franchise I think you'll enjoy. So, Did you decide to file charges against C-3PO for touching you in an indiscreet place? When I was uh, reporting on the movie, he rolled by and slapped me on my buttocks. <laughs> and I maybe you saw the footage where I was just I was shocked. I was shocked when when it happened. You had Peloton face. Yeah, he's he's since apologized, but I don't care if you're a droid or not. Uh, hey, hands yeah. to yourself, pal. Exactly. And uh, do you have any Harvey Weinstein interview clips for me? Because it sounds I like do, he really did himself a favor. I there. Do, not, do not. I've not been uh, privy to the mm. uh, nutty interview that he did from the hospital where he claims that, yeah, I may have done some things wrong, but he was actually a pioneer for women. Yes. Yes. A pioneer in rape and assault. Congratulations. Yeah. You know, look, I, I've got to read this to you because there's a cluelessness here that is really astounding. Harvey Weinstein, Dean, talking to the New York Post this weekend. Yep. Quote, I made more movies directed by women and about women than any filmmaker. And I'm talking about 30 years ago. I'm not talking about now when it's in vogue. I did it first. I pioneered it. I feel like the forgotten man. (laughs) Wow. 
What do you even say to that? I think that was uh, from his hospital room. He had uh, back surgery. Over oh, the it's a shame. So I hope they ran out of anesthetic. He uh, he said that he wants to be recognized for the man that he was. Mm-hmm. Uh, he denies all allegations against him, but he says that I want the city, city of Los Angeles, to recognize who I was instead of what I've become. <laughs> it's just incredible. <laughs> Unbelievable. By the way, uh, every plant should file a class action suit against him as well for what he did to a plant. Um, he's just a creep. Of the highest order. Allegedly. No, he actually is. Yeah, he no. is a creep. No, I'm going to say allegedly. All right. Well, I'll take the lawsuit then. <laughs> Steve means allegedly. Um, I hope you'll testify on my behalf. All right. So uh, let's push forward here with the Star Wars stuff because you're cuckoo for Star Wars. I am cuckoo for Star Wars. I get emotional when I hear the uh, theme music. The new movie, uh, Star Wars Rise of Skywalker, will open uh, well, Thursday afternoon is when they're going to start showing it, but the official opening date is uh, Friday. It's going to be a blockbuster. It's the final movie, they say, in the uh, trilogy, the, the third part of the trilogy, so Episode Nine coming out. And we're out in Los Angeles a couple of weeks ago, talked with the entire cast, including the director of all this, and the man really who rejuvenated the Star Wars franchise, uh, director J.J. Abrams. Here's what he told me. What do you hope people uh, take from this final episode in, you know, maybe one of the most storied franchises in movie history? Uh, I guess I hope that that they feel a a bit of what I felt when I was... 10 going to see Star Wars uh, for the first time, which is uh, that sense of possibility, that sense of hope, the idea that you could meet your most unlikely best friends in the most unlikely places, the the idea that the average person uh, among us could actually be an integral part of defeating some oppressive, monstrous, enormous, you know, force. Um, The idea of faith, the idea of loyalty. I hope it's a thrill ride for people. I hope people scream and cheer and cry. I think it's a very moving story. And uh, hopefully they'll leave the theater feeling better than when they got there. Yeah. Are we going to have... That was a a great answer, by the way. I can't even know what it was. was Holy crap. I'm exhausted. I would expect nothing less from you, really. (laughs) I love when they give you a good answer and then... uh, And then review their answer. Yeah, tell you then that they gave you a good answer. Yeah, answer. tremendous. He's a good uh, guy. He's a, he's an incredibly talented but super nice guy. Awesome. Uh, Chance the Rapper. Uh, canceled his uh, tour. You may remember last September when uh, his wife gave birth to a little baby daughter. He uh, postponed his tour, which was supposed to begin then. Said, you know, I just want to spend some time uh, with my uh, new child. I want to be a father right now, so he postponed the tour until January of 2020. It's just a few weeks away. Last night on Instagram, he said that he's uh, very sorry. He's decided that he wants to spend uh, more time with his family and canceled the entire tour. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. And, uh, well, I mean, it's, it's money lost that he's not going to get, but... I'm, there could be some lawsuits as a result of this. I would think because the venues uh, set aside those a, dates. A and... lot of people who have invested money thinking the chance was going to be in their city. It doesn't affect Chicago at all because last September when he announced all of this, he had uh, Chicago was going to be his first concert date. And he did fulfill that and he did do the concert here. But it affects a lot of other cities around the country. So There's nothing else going on here, right? There's no health issues. Not that I'm aware of. 
And, uh, you know, if uh, some people said, well, his wife laid down the law and said, you got to stay home for a while. Well, whatever. He's staying home with his family. That's, you know, everyone's got to go make some money. I mean, in his chosen profession, you have to be on the road. You have to be on the West Coast, the East Coast, the uh, West Coast and East Coast. Uh, you know, it's, it's part of the gig. And uh, I, I don't suspect that's what it is. I think he says that he, he wants to spend time with family. He wants to make some new music and develop my best show to date. Hmm. Is his exact quote on Instagram. Like, I need to tell you, like, you don't follow him. Oh, completely. Yeah. And his brother, too, uh, Bob the Plumber. <laughs> was stretching there, wasn't I? That's a good one, though. Uh, yeah. That is a good one. Um, all right. What else is happening? Uh, do you remember uh, Chewy Bravo? He was the sidekick on Chelsea Handler. Uh, kind of a, a shorter man, a uh, little robust, had a very, very pronounced uh, mustache, was on Chelsea lately for all seven years of the run of that show, uh, went to the ER in Mexico City visiting family over the weekend with stomach pains and died. Uh, only 63 years old. They don't know. They haven't announced uh, the exact cause of death, but uh, that was a bit of a surprise. Ch- Chelsea Handler uh, saying... Uh, she her quote. I love that little nugget, and uh, took great pleasure in how many people loved him as much as I did. Uh, the Richard Jewell movie. Yeah, this was well. The you know the box office news over the weekend is that Jumanji: The Next Level, The Rock and Kevin Hart movie made sixty million dollars, easy number one movie. But really, the big story of the uh, box office numbers over the weekend is how poorly the Clint Eastwood movie Richard Jewell. Uh, did it only made five million dollars over the weekend? This That's is, crazy. This is the worst mil- uh, the worst movie opening for a Clint Eastwood directed movie in forty years, and uh, I have to think that it has to do with a lot of the controversy that surrounds the movie about uh, the playing fast and loose with uh, facts, uh, showing in the movie that the reporter from the Atlanta Constitution Journal. Uh, traded sex for tips uh, for the FBI, that the movie was a little bit uh, politically heavy-handed. Uh, a lot of people just, or, or people just simply decided th- this is not the kind of movie that they want to go see uh, you know, right before Christmas time, because the, you know, the light-hearted movies are the ones that seem to do best right now. And this is kind of a serious movie about serious uh, subject matter. So for whatever the reason, uh, it is a box office disaster for uh, Clint Eastwood, only making five million dollars when other films are sixty million, fifty million. That's that's huge. Now John Hamm is in it, but not a lot. Is there a problem that there's no big name leads? Maybe. Um, no, I, no, I don't think that's uh, the case at all. Because John Hamm plays the FBI agent in the movie. Uh, Kathy Bates, Oscar winner, oh, that's right. plays uh, Richard Jewell's mother in the movie. Sam Rockwell plays uh, another Oscar winner. Plays. I forgot about that. Uh, he plays uh, the attorney, Richard Jewell's. It's bizarre. Five attorney. million bucks is nothing for yeah, a movie. Yeah, nobody now. went to go see this movie this weekend. It was, uh, it, you know, and and they worked it hard. There was a lot of aggressive marketing that went into it. The controversy popped up uh, when the word got out. That how they how they depicted uh, this uh, female reporter uh, getting uh, information about Richard Jewell, 
Uh, and uh, the this female reporter now has passed away in real life, but people who know her say that that never happened. Why they had to go and make up that story is uh, you know beyond anybody. Movies take. Uh, creative license movies change things to make them a, a little more friendly for the the screen but this was completely unnecessary if if completely untrue as uh friends of the reporter have said there's there it, it added nothing uh you know to have this fact in the movie except that uh it depicted the media as unscrupulous it depicted the fbi as unscrupulous and some people are saying because of Clint Eastwood's, uh, you know, conservative political leanings, his famous talking to the empty chair at the Republican convention right. several years ago, that maybe though that was put in there to uh, demean the media, to demean the FBI, which is bizarre. Uh, you know, uh, a political statement that was uh, he was trying to make. I don't know. He says that he wasn't trying to make a political statement because I asked him about it, and he said that he was just trying to show what he believed to be the truth. Uh, and finally, uh, a good story. Olivia Newton-John. This is a nice story. Uh, Olivia Newton-John is battling cancer right now. Uh, she got together with John Travolta over the weekend. They made an appearance at a movie theater that was showing uh, their film, Grease. Uh, they showed up dressed as uh, Sandy and... Um, what was uh, Travolta's name in the movie again? Vinny Barbarina. Jimmy. <laughs> Well, I was Zippy. What's the name of Travolta's character in Greece? I can't remember. Uh, Danny. 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 Danny Zuko. Danny. Uh, so they show up uh, dressed. It was dressed Danny up Zuko. Like, like in their. Thank costume. you, research team. And I just say that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Are we on a seven-second delay? Uh, they come uh, dressed in their costumes, uh, Sandy and Danny, and they looked cute as a button. And uh, they, you know, Travolta has been super supportive of Olivia Newton-John uh, in her most recent battle against cancer. She's gone through many, but they look uh, just just as cute as can be, and uh, they're the one that they want. Ooh, ooh, ooh! <laughs> you didn't hurt yourself there, I've been did you? Waiting to do that all morning. Um, and did you tell the story of Olivia Newton-John's famous jacket, the guy that bought it and all that? Um, I think we, I'm not sure if we mentioned it last week, but the, the leather jacket that she wore in the movie wound up on auction block. She was selling off uh, a lot of her memorabilia and to put this leather jacket up on the auction block, it sold for like a quarter million dollars or something, like a, really a lot of money. Some guy bought it. And then returned it to Olivia Newton-John, gave it back to her. Isn't that a cool story? Yeah. It's very nice. Uh, thank you, Dean. We will talk to you tomorrow. It's my pleasure, Steve. Mm. See you then. All right, then. And that's not just show business hoopla. Huh? <laughs> Recognize this voice, Dan? I do. Yes. It's Steve Grzanich. Well, that was my first guess. This is me in the shower this morning. We usually don't mic him in the shower, but we did this time. No, of course, that's the great Jim Cornelison, who comes from the world of opera and classical singing before being world famous as the best anthem singer on the planet. He had a distinct honor recently when he sang with the great soprano Angela Brown. And Jim joins us now for what I like to call Christmas Cards by Phone. Hello, buddy. 
<laughs> Hi, Steve. Merry Christmas, man. Merry Christmas to you, too. I'm just calling a few of my friends on the air instead of sending them a card. Uh, you know, I know you wouldn't mind. No, I, I, I don't mind. I'm really bad about sending cards myself. So, well, there you, you go. Know, there you go. Uh, you could t- combine work and uh, sending. You could combine work and, you know. Then you don't have to send the card. Totally. That's pretty efficient. I don't know if people know that you started singing in a very different venue. When the Blackhawks hired you to do the anthem, what were you doing? Uh, I was managed by Columbia artists. I was traveling around singing uh, singing opera. In fact, the Lyric Opera of Chicago invited me here in 1995. And, and uh, so I was two years in their apprentice program before uh, I left. And my first job out of there was in Bordeaux with the opera. Yeah, and that's where you and I met, of course. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, uh, and Angela Brown, tell everybody who that is. Uh, she went to grad school with me, actually, but she's a highly successful uh, opera singer who back in 0405 had her Met Metropolitan Opera debut in Aida as Aida, but she's lived in Paris and she's traveled all over the world. And, and the two of us had a chance to sing together. She's distinguished you know, whatever universities could give somebody to make mm-hmm, them, mm-hmm. you know, distinguished alumni and all of that. Uh, so I had a chance to sing with her last uh, Saturday for the Indiana <clears throat> Society of Chicago event that was honoring Indiana University, and we both went to school there. And uh, I said, yeah, I'd love to do something with Angela. And uh, there you have it. Uh, I had to get my chops up a little bit because it's 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 higher and, and has kind of different demands than singing the anthem. But it was so much fun to do it. Sounds like you nailed it. I'm thrilled with it, honestly. I mean, I I had done this uh, this role several times, but the last time was in 2007, and just to uh, to stretch my voice and to try to sing with a little more nuance um, was it was just fun. It was just great to just still have it, you know. Well, uh, and big plans for the holiday. What are you going to be doing? I got my kids coming. Oh, excellent! So yeah, so you know, having family around is the best. So. Uh, I, have, I have three kids, and a little five-year-old that uh, won't get, get here from her mom and, uh, and my two older ones. And uh, we only have a time or two every every year to get together, and what better time than, uh, than around Christmas, you know? Well, that's excellent. Excellent. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, of course, you uh, sang to start the uh, Indy 500. That's a regular gig yeah. now. We see you before every Hawks game. It wouldn't be a Hawks game without you singing, my friend. And I appreciate the Thank friendship, you. and I appreciate your support of the military. You and I share some duties with the different charities, including the Patriot Education Fund, but I know you're very generous in that area. And today is the Battle of the Bulge anniversary. Well, I, you know, I've actually started a uh, 501c3 called Live the Salute because I have the opportunity to be on, on the air so much. Like around the 500, I'll probably do half a dozen interviews, and it gives me an opportunity to talk about veterans a little bit and then uh, invite people to visit Live the Salute online, or or, uh, or we have merchandise now that even oh, cool. sold at the Blackhawks store, and the Blackhawks have been tremendously supportive. We pass the money through, just 100% of it, just pass it through to uh, uh, veterans. So that's been really cool. You're a good man. Merry Christmas, buddy. Uh, well, Merry Christmas to you, my friend, and Dave. I think he's... Thank you, Jim. Same to you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, you could hear him clicking away. Um, and I'll see you at the uh, Madhouse. Okay, that sounds great. Thank you, You guys buddy. have a super morning. There All you right. go. That's Jim Cornelison. LiveTheSalute.org. Check that out. Yeah, He's, cool he's terrific, and he, he donates so much of his time. He really does. Yeah.
Uh, I have a pair of tickets to see the Blackhawks play the Colorado Avalanche Wednesday night, uh, Ross Cochran's birthday. Um, those two aren't related. And uh, it's all courtesy of Four Seasons Heating, Air Conditioning, and Plumbing. Ro Khan will give away another pair of tickets this afternoon. And uh, we'll just leave this up to Super Joe and you. Super Joe, the first caller who sings Aida to you uh, on the phone, you can give those tickets away and then tell me who the winner is. Today's the anniversary of the Battle of the Bulge, and I'm happy to have in studio uh, Robert J. Mueller. Bob Mueller is here to uh, talk about uh, the Battle of the Bulge in the book called The Bulge Battlefields, a Fields of War Visitor's Guide to World War II. How are you, sir? I am fine, Steve. Thank you very much for having me. Why is this important to talk about? Well, we have to remember what these people did. I think they provide for us an example of their willingness to self-sacrifice, their dedication to duty. They're willing to make uh, uh, sacrifices for their comrades. And and these examples should never be lost to us. Um, we have to remember that many of these soldiers were, were um, uh, grew up during the Great Depression. Sure. And they suffered uh, deprivations and 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 uh, in some cases even hunger, but yet they they uh, answered the call. They did their duty, and then they went home and lived their lives. Those that survived. Those that survived, and there were a lot that suffered during the depression that didn't make it home at eighteen it's, or nineteen or twenty. Um, the interesting thing I think too about the Battle of the Bulge is most people, um, younger folks in particular, I don't think understand that it wasn't one battle; it was a series of battles. Well, that's that's correct. It started with a, a German uh, offensive against a relatively weak uh, uh, part of the American line. This this particular sector of uh, geography in the Ardennes Forest was considered not good combat ground, so units were sent there just for relaxation or 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 or, or training or refitting after a prior battle. The uh, one of the divisions, the 106, had only been in Europe for. Uh, only a few weeks before it was put on the front lines. So here you had approximately three and a half American infantry divisions were hit suddenly by 26 German divisions. Did they know it was coming in any form? In other words, maybe you got the timing wrong, but you knew something big was going to happen? No, it was an absolute complete surprise. Uh, Like I said, this was considered a quiet sector. Uh, The terrain is very unfavorable for armored attack, which is exactly why the Germans chose it. It came as a big surprise. Um, What's Patton's role in this? Well, uh, George Patton was commanding the Third Army, which was to the south of this battlefield. And uh, when the battle started, uh, Supreme Commander Dwight Eisenhower called his commanders together. And he said, uh, uh, he asked George when he could start to move troops from the south and and reinforce uh, the men who were being attacked. Uh, George said three days. Ike said something like, George, George, please, give me a... a, a realistic estimate, Patton said three days. And uh, the reason why he could do that is he had seen some of the German units disappearing from in front of his troops. Mm-hmm. He suspected something was up, but he didn't know exactly what. So he had his staff members plan for three different scenarios. And after he left the meeting with Eisenhower, he called his headquarters on the phone. He said one word, a code word that indicated the scenario to be executed, and and one of the scenarios was exactly what the Germans did, and uh, they 
had their troops on the move before he even got back to his headquarters. And in fact, he had them moving against the enemy in three days. There's no question that Patton had an ego. There's no question that he was one of these outsized characters. But he really was a genius when it came to war strategy, wasn't he? He absolutely was. He he was he was the American general that was most feared by the uh, German high command, and uh, they they recognized him as uh, for his genius and for his understanding of battlefields, terrain, movement of troops, logistics. Uh, frequently, we forget how important logistics is in a sure. combat situation. We think about the trucks and the armor, yeah. everything that has to be moved in synchronicity. Exactly, and and that's what uh, that was. Patton was able to do so. He he got his troops moving towards the encircled city of Baston, mm-hmm. where the 101st Airborne was fighting off German attacks from every direction, and he got his troops moving. And in three days, they moved over a hundred miles. Uh, on ice-covered roads, in fog and snow, to then engage four German divisions uh, and fight their way through terrain, which they had really not uh, had reconnaissance on. So this was this was uh, remarkable. It's it's a stuff of legend. The book uh, details uh, a lot of unsung heroes, and certainly you couldn't name them all. And most of the unsung heroes are the fighting men and women of the lower ranks. But who's somebody that really was important to these battles that we don't talk about? Well, the character that I like to refer to a lot in in my uh, programs is uh, uh, First Lieutenant Lyle uh, Bauk. Okay. Now, Lyle Bauk's father was a carpenter, and during the Depression, he moved his family and five children around the country. They were very, very poor. So uh, Lyle Bauk uh, enlisted in the Missouri National Guard because they paid $1 a day for his enlistment. And And they needed the dollar. And he needed the dollar. He did this when he was 14 years old. Wow. By the time he was 20, he was commanding an intelligence and reconnaissance platoon on the very southern edge of the 99th Infantry Division. His job was to stand, uh, make uh, defensive positions on this hill and just observe what the enemy was doing across the no-man's land that mm-hmm. separated the two armies. On the morning of the 16th of December, 5.30 in the morning, the Germans unleashed 1,600 artillery pieces, thousands of mortars and uh, rocket launchers against American lines. Uh, Shortly later that morning, the lead element of the entire German division started to come down the road, which was overlooked by Lyle Buch's 22 men. He engaged this leading uh, battalion of German paratroopers, 500 German paratroopers, and he held them off for the entire day. 522. That's exactly right. (laughs) It's crazy. The Uh, Germans attacked directly three times, frontal attacks. He he drove each of them back. Finally, Buch had to uh, surrender his position because he ran out of ammunition. Otherwise? Otherwise, who knows? But the thing is, is that he held back the lead element of the entire 6th SS Panzer Army. Therefore slowing down the entire advance. Exactly. It's an amazing piece of work. The Bulge Battlefields, a Fields of War Visitor's Guide to World War II. It's Bob Mueller. Great work by you. And uh, really appreciate you coming in to talk about it on the anniversary. Thank you very much, Steve. Um, and the Steve Cochran Show about to wrap up here. John Williams is here. Good morning to you. Hi, Steve Cochran. What's the quiz today? 
Uh, it's about Chicago celebrities in movies. Oh. Uh, Chicago movie stars and TV stars. Okay. We do a mega Monday quiz. Mm-hmm. And Steve, if you get all 10 questions right, you will win a mega hoodie. A mega hoodie. Mega home improvement. If, oh, I thought you meant like a, a hoodie big enough for my head. <laughs> Everything for Steve is a mega. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, get a yeah. mega sweater, mega glasses, whatever yeah, you need. Yeah, we'll get you a mega one it, of those. We will do that in the 11 o'clock hour, okay. but um, that's a little later in the show. All right, man. See you tomorrow. Listen to the show.